Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. We want to welcome those that are watching us on podcast, vidcast, comcast, whatever cast you are out. Give them a big hand clap, parking lot cast. If you're ever in the area, come on, you can hang out in our parking lot or in our house. We'll make you feel right at home. Don't forget about our daily Bible study that we do Monday through Saturday. Now, my, our wives do them on Saturday morning, and it's called Wake Up. And if you go to YouTube and you type in daily Bible study, we're the number one daily Bible study in the world on YouTube. And uh, we start your day off with a scripture for your day. We pray over your day. But I think one of the big things is we just encourage you and build you up and get you ready for yet another great day. A couple of blondes walk out of the mall, and they get to the car. Oh my gosh, so annoying. They, they lock the keys in the car. They can see the keys right there, and it's all locked up. And so they both take a side, and they're trying to figure out how, a way to get the door open. And all of a sudden, one of the blondes start to go real frantic with it, and in, in in real hurried. And the other blonde's like, what, what's the big hurry? And the, the first blonde goes, well, look up. It's about to rain, and we left the top down on the convertible. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, open up your Bibles to James 4, 7. Somebody say yes. 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 That's a new series that we're doing. We're in week two of yes. That, you know, man is fickle. Man is yes sometimes and no. Yeah, I'll help you move. And then it comes time for the move and then it'll show up. Yeah, I'd love to hang out. And then something better comes along. But God is not a yes and no, as we found out last week. God's not fickle like man is. God is yes. And when God said yes, it means yes. But many Christians don't experience God's yes, not because it's not available, but because they don't ask. The Bible says that you don't receive because you don't ask. And we don't ask because we have, in a sense, projected what we've seen man do in our world onto God. And so now our God, to many Christians, is a God of yes and no, a fickle God. And so I can't ask God because, you know, maybe you grew up in a home where love was something that happened only when you, you were at your best and things were withheld when you didn't do things exactly right. And so now you're like, well, God, how can I ask God for his promises when I'm living a life like this? But the Bible says that Jesus' answer is always yes. And God's promises are always yes. And then it says, you need to say amen or thank you, God, for your promises. That God isn't one that promises healing and then holds back healing. He doesn't promise victory and hold back victory. He doesn't promise his peace and then hold those things back. All we have to do is say, God, I need some peace. I need some love. I need some joy. I need a victory in this thing. And God is a God that always comes through. You might have had a dad that, that, that was, his yes wasn't yes, and he took off, and maybe he never was around. And so now you transpose that same onto your father, God. And the purpose of last week, and if you didn't get to hear it, go back and listen to it, is for us to really understand that God loves you. Even Jesus said, a good father gives good things to his kids. How much more does your father God give to you? And begin to see that our God is a yes God. James 4 is our staple scripture for this series. So let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no. Somebody say no. No to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes. Somebody say yes, yes to God and he'll be there in no time. I'm going to give you today what I would say the secrets to life. I think this is one of those messages that if you get a hold of it and you begin to apply it to your life, apply the five things that I give you today, write them down. 
I believe that it'll, it'll at least put you on the path toward the success that God has. It'll get you in the direction to God's best in your life. And it's all found in the midst of this, this staple scripture that we're doing here in James. Write down number one. Let God work in you. That's the first part. Paul said, hey, let God work his will inside of you. So many times that we're trying to change ourselves and trying to work out from the inside out. And we heard a good thing, a TV special or something, and we're trying to work on it. And we make our New Year's resolutions. And they last a couple weeks. And then yet again, we give up on the things that we just can't change. Because changing those things isn't really, we're not good at it. A lot of people know that God's great at changing you from the inside out. Every house, right, the first three houses that me and Holly had, I was Bob the Builder. I thought I would be the one that would fix everything and do everything. And here's a fact, and Holly would agree with it, I'm not good at those things at all. I'm not. I've put in tile, I've put in wood floor, I've painted, I've done the molding uh, things, I've built entertainment centers that were the ugliest thing man has ever seen in their life. I've done all of those things. And I've never done it great, and it took a lot longer than it should, ended up costing a lot more money than it should. Of how many. I did my front yard in our first house five times. I completely removed it and put it in. Hated it, removed it, and put it in five times because I'm not good at it. And I decided, well, Holly decided, finally, she's like, you're, honey, you're good at a lot of things. You're not good at that, honey. What if we started getting somebody to come in that's good at it to do the house? And so we started to have Vince come on in. And the dramatic difference that it was when Vince would come in and do incredible things in the house. And, and I, I just preached. That I'm great at that. I'm just not good at the house thing. And the same thing for you and I, allowing God to do what God is great at. Get on the inside in there, begin to fix it up and change it and get rid of that, some of those things that have been limiting my life, Lord. And I've been fighting those addictions, but God, you take care of that addictions. You know what, God, I, I, I can't get rid of this, this lack of self-confidence. The Lord gets in there and he helps you with that lack of confidence and that low self-esteem and sometimes those depressing thoughts. And he begins to work those things out. But we have to remember, Paul gives us a secret here. Let God in. Let God do the work. See, there's a letting. God's a gentleman. You know, Vince doesn't just show up at my house one day and go, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, we're going to tear out the bathrooms. We're, uh, and we're going to put solar on the roof. We're going to do new ceiling, right? We're just, this place is a dump. We're just going to really work on this place. I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I got to ask you to come on over and do those things. And God's the same way. He doesn't just get in there and begin to change stuff because God's a gentleman. And it's important that you and I say, God, get on in there. Not my will, though. Remember, it says, God, you work your will in there. One of the things is, <laughs> I love that honker car out there. Come on. Honk it up out there. Come on. There they are. <laughs> you know, Vince doesn't like it if while he's working, I'm over his shoulder and go, hey, what if you did, the, what if you put the, the, the new tile over the old tile, save a little bit of money, and what, what? And he's like, no, we got to take that up. All right, well, don't worry about prepping the floor. Just put it on there. He'd be like, just let me do what I'm doing. Right? And God's, God's got a plan. And allowing God to get in there and do it his way. Do it your way, God. It's not about my way. It's not about what I'm doing. But God, you'll take care of the things in the order that you want to take care of it. And you need to lay a proper foundation oftentimes. And so I'm going to let you kind of do your will on the inside. Write down number two. Number two is every day. You know, every day, I'd let Vince and his crew come on in. Right, it's all locked up, let them in, let them do their work. I think there's something powerful about getting up every morning and saying, God, 
Get on in there today and make this better. Something about it, or maybe it reminds you. But once again, God's a gentleman. Every day, say, you know what, God? You know what? Scotty, 508.3 new version is coming out, and I want a great update. And I want this great update. I want to be a, a better husband, and I want to be a better father, and I want to be a little more patient with people on the 202 and with all the stupid red cones that Arizona seems to put out down on McDowell now, Lord. I just want to have, right? I, I want to be better, God, and get on in there and begin to perform your will and make Scotty better today. Something powerful about you and I saying, God, Get in there this morning and work your will throughout me. Do some great things in me. Man, that anger, I'm done with that anger. I'm done with speaking to people in the way that I have been. I don't want to gossip anymore. I don't, I don't want to have any more depressing thoughts. Lord, help me through these things. God, you make me better. And you know what? You may not see something exactly the first day or the second day, but in three months from now, you look back and go, wow, God has done a tremendous job. You know, when Vince gets in there right away, I don't see the first day, I don't go, wow, the house looks amazing. Right, it takes a process of time, right? And sometimes it even looks a little bit worse, doesn't it? Until it gets a whole lot better. But trusting that God is working on the inside of you to make something glorious and amazing. My mom and dad have been married now, I believe, almost 53 years. And uh, an incredible marriage, they're in love, everything's good. And they got... A tr so much, 99% great stuff. But how many people know that like everybody has their stuff? Mom and dad have their stuff. What makes their marriage amazing and awesome is they've been great at kind of overlooking each other's stuff. I just watch them in the midst of their stuff and they just don't let it bug them, don't let it bother them and they just smile and my mom is strong where my dad is weak and my dad is strong where my mom is weak and, and that's the, what makes a great marriage. My dad grew up in a home where... It was like a museum, like everything. There was never a dirty spoon in the home. You used a spoon, you cleaned the spoon, and you put the spoon away. There was never a dish on the counter. When he got up in the morning or any time out of bed, the bed was immediately made before you go to the bathroom and do anything. It could be the middle of the night. He would say he would fold it all up, and it was all tucked in military style. There was never anything left on the floor. Mama was raised like the rest of us normal people, maybe a little bit more, right? <laughs> Come on, we're... Where we don't do the dishes right when it's done. Like we may let the dishes stack up, you know, through the morning to the night, maybe even go a day with the dishes and stuff. Like we like clean it up as they go. And so as the two worlds came together, it was some stuff of overlooking within each other, right? I was sitting down with my dad and I was talking and we were just sharing, having a good time. And all of a sudden my mom comes down the stairway and uh, my dad, he's so, so funny. He's so in love with my mom. He just turns and then I just watched him. He was just watching her come down the steps like she does every day. And you could tell in his mind, like the hair was like flowing like this. And the wind was blowing her dress also, right? And there was like little pigeons flying around. And in his head, the, the song Woman in Red was just playing. And she walks down, right? And she comes down the steps. I'm like, Dad, stop it. You're making me nauseated. That's my mom. Okay, we're having a conversation. He's like, well, okay. And so we go back to talking. I'm watching out of the corner of my eye. My mom comes on over into the kitchen. And she opens up a cupboard door. She grabs a cup, leaves the cupboard door open. Goes on over to the pantry, opens up the pantry, grabs the coffee out of it, leaves the pantry door open, takes the top off, goes over and grabs a spoon, grabs a spoon, leaves the drawer open, scooping it. He gets, he gets grains all over. doesn't matter. I don't, just thrown in the air. And so just put it in, right? 
put a little water in the cup. She walks over to the microwave, puts it in the microwave, goes over to the sugar area, opens the cupboard, grabs the sugar, leaves the cupboard door open, gets it out, gets another spoon out of the drawer. It's nice because it's already open, gets a spoon out, gets the coffee out of the microwave, leaves the microwave door open, scoops the sugar in, stirs it, put the wet, nasty spoon right on the counter, walks on over, sits down with us and began to talk. And I'm just smiling as I just saw a tornado hit the perfectly clean <laughs> kitchen. My dad, as we're talking, he literally doesn't, he doesn't say a word. He just gets up and kind of backs up and is still engaged in the conversation. Walks over, closes the, 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 the door on the microwave, closes the cupboard door, takes the lid, puts it on here, puts the sugar thing up, grabs over, goes to the pantry, puts that away, closes the door, puts the sugar away, goes over, grabs a couple spoons, cleans them all up, puts them in the dishwasher, closes the dishwasher, closes the last door, comes and sits down. And says nothing. And I'm like, did you see that? And everybody's like, what? I'm like, you're in love. You guys are amazing. I don't know even what to say with that. So it was Memorial Day. And uh, uh, Holly was over in Nebraska. Heath was getting his shoulder operated on. So my parents were over. And uh, we're having, I'm barbecuing and grilling. And my mom was kind of helping in the kitchen. So I go out and I'm grilling. And I come back in. And all the cupboard, like the cupboard doors are open and drawers are open. And I'm like, and I didn't know this about myself. I really realized this. I hate open cupboard doors. I really do. I can't stand it with anything in my heart. And so I close all the cupboard doors. I'm like, well, that's weird. And so I get some butter out and I close it up. And then I go back outside and I come back in. And now it's even worse. Like the washer, like the washing, dishwasher was open. Who leaves the dishwasher open? The cupboards are open, right? Everything, microwaves open, everything's open. And so I close it all up again and I'm annoyed. And then I look over, my mom grabs a spoon out of here and just leaves it wide open over there. I go, ah! It's you. You're leaving all the cupboards open. And she's like, oh my gosh. She goes, you know what you need to get? She goes, we have them at our house. We have automatic uh, cupboard closers and drawer closers. <laughs> and you know, like, you know, they have these nowadays. It automatically closes the doors. You open it up and then it closes them. And I, so my dad was sitting over there. And I go, dad, did, it, did you put them in? Right? Or did, you, did, did it come with the house? And my dad goes, no, we don't have those. He goes, I'm the automatic door closer <laughs> in the house. Your mom just thinks we have one. And my mom goes, see, we have one. How many people know that if you let God on in there, he acts like Dr. Tom, and he closes the junk in your life. He closes the hurt. He closes the pain. He closes the distrust. He closes all the negative things going on in your life. He closes the doors to those things automatically if you just let God get on in the inside of you and allow him to close those things out, those things that are opened up. Right? The hurts and the wounds and that thing that happened to your heart. God's like, oh, let me close those things up for you. Let me take care of that. Number three. We find this in the second part of that scripture. Number three is your part, only let God in. I love that God is a work together God. He says, I got a part, but then you got a part. Right? Do your part. And of course, I'll always be on my part. He says, the first thing you got to do is you got to let me in. He said, but the second part is, is you've got to really pay attention to what you let in while I'm doing my work. What thoughts and what attitudes do you let in throughout the day? He says, I need you to be very diligent about this. And in a way, be aggressive with it. He says there in the scripture, throw that up there for me, Miss Betts. He says, yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. He says, it's very important that you don't let every thought and every attitude get on the inside of you that you got to make sure that you guard the door to what's going on on the inside of you. 
doing some work. See, in my house, while Vince is working, what if just some kids from the neighborhood come on in and they're skateboarding and, and doing everything in the house? Well, he's just making a mess. He'd be like, hey, it's hard for me to do my work, right? A stranger just comes in just wandering around and just doing stuff and touching stuff, right? That would annoy me, right? If, if there's a stranger at my door, he's like, hey, I'm coming in. I'd be like, oh, heck no, you're not coming in my house. Like, I'd be aggressive with that no. No, you're not going to do that. You're not coming in. But for many Christians... Right? Throughout the day, they just let every thought just get on in there. Right? Just any old thought. Oh, depressing thought? Get on in here. You're probably not going to like it much in here anyway, but enjoy. Can I get you something cold to drink? Right? Laziness? Come on in there. Right? You're probably going to want to sit down. I know that you don't like to stand up very much. <laughs> Anger? Get on in there. Come on in. Try not to break too many things in this house. It's all right. I just let every thought that wants to get in come on on the inside of me. And then I wonder why it seems like nothing's getting better. Because I got a whole lot of mess going on on the inside, and it makes it difficult for God to do the work that he needs. So he says, hey, while I'm working on the inside, make sure that you let nothing contrary to my word get on in. And you're going to have to be a little angry with the devil. You ever do that where you just got, you're going to have to be a little mad with the devil, right? Just like you would if some stranger was trying to get in your house. You're like, oh, heck no. You don't get up in my house. This is my house. Nobody just gets to walk in my house. And that's what you got to be on here. This is my house, devil. You don't get to get on in here with that depressing thoughts. You don't get to get on in here with that uneasiness. You don't get to get on in here and talk, tell me about all the things that I've done wrong and all my mistakes. Oh, heck no. So you got to learn to give the devil a no. No bitterness. No envy. No unforgiveness. You ain't coming on in this house. Discouraging thought. Oh, no, you didn't. You don't come in my house. Try to put your feet up in here. You got to get out. And it's amazing that when you yell a no at the devil, so that's number four. Number four is you got to yell a no, an aggressive no is what I put in there to the devil. That's got to be aggressive. Oh, heck no. No, you don't. See, the devil then begins to scamper. Too many Christians are like, oh, no, please don't. That don't work. Oh, I don't want another bad thought. Oh, no, I got one. Dang it, that stinks. <laughs> Wish I didn't get that one. Well, God, it's interesting. God shows us right here the importance of an aggressive no. I won't allow it. I won't allow anything that's contrary to the Word of God to get on the inside of here. God's trying to work something amazing on me. And devil, you don't have no place in here. Oh, heck no, you get out of there. I was... Meeting with a young man. You know, the unchurched love me. Something about me. They feel comfortable. Let me say this. The, the unchurched feel comfortable. And it doesn't bother me. I'm just saying this. They curse around me and stuff. It doesn't ever, none of that ever bothers me. I don't think any of that ever bothers Jesus either. Right? Right? They just feel comfortable. And they feel like, man, Pastor, I don't know why. I just can listen to you. And I have a, a thing. I'm, I'm, God's given me anointing. Not that we all don't maybe have this. But I can say it's on my life for people that have an addiction to talking and praying. And maybe because it was so heavy in uh, my generations. My mom and dad broke it off. But, you know, my grandfather was addicted, gambled everything away. He was addicted to, to abuse and addicted to, to, to anger. And my parents broke that off. And so there's a strength about me of helping break addictions off. And so I was talking to a young, a young man and about the addictions. And I was kind of explaining the same thing here. Because he's like, well, what do I do when these thoughts and things come on the inside of me? And they just seem to draw me right back uh, to the drugs. And I said, well, you got to stop letting those in. And I said, you got to start getting angry at those thoughts. You have to realize that those thoughts are trying to destroy your life. And when you can realize that, then you can 
right? You can go after them with, with, with a little bit of a vengeance and a little aggression. And you need to begin to tell the devil, no. You say, no. And so he said, he's right there. He's like, no. I said, yeah, there you go. Give me a little more. He's like, no, devil. I said, there you go. I said, we can go up a level. I said, give a heck no to the devil. I go, heck no. He goes, heck no, devil. Heck no. I go, you go even a little further. Take it up another level. Now, when I said that, we were at a two, and I was thinking we were going to go to a three. Like a three to me was hell no. Like I was like, that was the next level. Like we go right to three, go to hell. Like that was the next one. And so he just screams and he goes, F no devil, but he said the real world. <laughs> F no devil. <laughs> now you skipped like six or seven levels, my friend. We went way far. But then as I was driving home later that day, I thought to myself, I think all of heaven rejoiced over his F no. Because if his F no got him free of the addictions and the pain and the wrong thoughts, and some of you, maybe it's time you gave the devil an F no. F no, devil, you ain't got no place in here. Oh, heck no, devil, you don't get to get, I went back to heck, because my brother's watching. Heck no, devil, you don't get to have discouragement. Heck no, you don't get to bring up the test. Oh, heck no, devil, you ain't got no place in this house. This is my house. This is God's house. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of me. And we're doing something amazing and awesome in this house. Come on, church, somebody in there. Give the devil a heck no right now. Somebody scream out, oh, heck no, devil. Heck no. I got purpose on my life. I got destiny on my life. God's got big things he's going to do with my life. And devil, you ain't got no place. You never make it through the door of my life. You never make it through there. I got too much things to do. My God's got too much work to do on the inside. You may be seated. Number four. Five. Five, sir. Number five. Say yes to God. No, he says yes to God. That's my favorite. It's all throughout the day. It's a reminder. And I just go, yeah, God, give me some love. Yeah, God, give me some peace. Oh, God, boy, I could use it right now, Lord. Yes, God, take on this stress for me and this worry for me. That's what your word says. Yes, God, heal my heart. Yes, God, heal my life. Yes, God, I need, need some help in, in, in this relationship right now, Lord. Yes, God, give me some answers. Yes, God, give me some wisdom. Your Bible says if I ask for it, you'll give it to me. So, yeah, God, give me some wisdom. Yes, God, give me the right things to say. Yes, God, give me the energy that I need to go forth and do excellence today. Yes, God, fill me up with your compassion today as I'm surrounded by people that I know that are hurting and going through things. Give me the compassion that I need and the empathy that I need to go forth into my world. Yes, God, help me to be an encourager and be somebody who builds people up. Yes, God, help me to love Ted at the office, who's pretty unlovable. But yes, God, give me what I need to show Ted some love, show some people in my world some love. Yes, God, I need these things in my life. It's a powerful, powerful life when we learn to say no to the devil in a loud, aggressive voice. And we say yes to God and allow God to do his perfect will on the inside of us. Yes, yeah, somebody out there wanted to honk. You can clap in this house also. Come on, match them out there. Honk out there. Thank you so much for watching today. We want to make sure that we secure your eternity. Eternity is a simple choice. It simply means I believe in Jesus Christ, that he died and raised from the dead. It doesn't matter. You, you may think, well, I'm not good enough and I haven't lived my life right. Jesus died for all of your sins. So simply say this prayer with us. Dearly Father, I ask you right now, come into my heart, be my Lord and my Savior. I believe 
that I am saved. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and was raised from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.